noise, make 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 noise. You've been doing this for so long, man. How did you wind up even getting into comedy? What was your, what was, what was the thing that got you into it? Um, man, first of all, the thing that got me into it was I was always in love uh, with, with stand-up because I always thought stand-up was the, was the bomb. I just didn't know how to do it. I was like, man, them dudes be up there talking forever. Like, I watch Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Bill Cosby. Like, how they talk forever and all everything be funny? You know, I used to always be curious. And uh, when I was at Rutgers University, you know, I used to host, like, little talent shows, trying to be a comedian and stuff. And, I, I, I kind of got a, like a vibe for it. I was like, yo, this is kind of fun. And so the fun of it was the attraction initially. And then I was like, yo, man, people keep saying, yo, Bill, you funny as hell. You funny as hell. I mean, the streets, the streets really tell you the truth. You know what I mean? So I was like, dang, I must be on to something. So the first time I ever could go to a comedy club and I got on stage, I got booed, right? And the funny part, I got booed by my dudes who came with me. I brought like six of my. <laughs> How you old people? Those folks. Yo. Folks that like you. You got six followers. Those are the people who actually know you. How your old people boo you? Yo, man, I rolled with a rough crowd, man. Them dudes was like, you was whack. Man, you had us go out there. You ain't know what you was doing. And it was good for me, though, because I thought I could freestyle. Like, I thought, I, you know, I'd go up there. And things were just popping my head, but I got nervous and I couldn't get my stuff together. So they booed me in the in the venue. They booed me in the car when we was going back to campus. And I said, uh, I, I remember. <laughs> How does somebody boo you in a car? Like, yo, because I'm in the back and I'm sitting. There, I'm riding. Yo, they booed me. Yo, I promise you, they booed me in the car all the way back to campus. And I said, y'all go. This the last time anybody ever booed me. I swear to God, y'all get it in. And they was like, you was the worst. The baby was better than you. They, like, like, they was just killing me. So makes the long story short, from there, I was like, yo, I got to just be prepared. You know, I, I don't want to freestyle. And I wasn't good enough to freestyle because obviously I was a rookie. And so when um, once I started, like, really writing down ideas and things, and I still read a lot all the time, like, knowing what's <laughs> going on and shit. And so <laughs> let me tell you what's so funny, right? Speaking of boo, like, you know, back in the day, if you got on the Apollo, that was like a, you was on your way because, like, everybody who who was somebody did the Apollo. So I never forget, I did Amateur Night, and Sinbad was the host. <clears throat> and I was a guest. I was a guest. I was not an amateur. The <clears throat> night that I was at the, 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 at, at the Apollo, they was booing real people, like groups. <laughs> right. Well, huh, they, were the going, they were going like professional, you know, but that's the Apollo, bro. That's Yo, Apollo. I, I'm, I'm making this up. I don't know the name of the group, but let's say they booed NSYNC. Then they right. booed the girl group. Then they booed the solo dude. And then they said, you're next. Everybody, if you remember the Apollo, you come downstairs, you know, like you, you go up to the stage, right? <laughs> you go up, everybody, you come up the basement. Right, you coming from the basement, right? Cash was going up and coming down back to the basement so fast. I was like, yo. And then the stage, the stage manager said, uh, Bill Bellamy. And I was like, yeah, they said, you're next. I said, oh my God, three professionals got booed on my night. 
I said, all right, all right. I said, and my mom was out there. I said, I can't get booed in front of my mom. And then I started thinking about my dudes in my head. Because <laughs> cause here's the thing, Bill. When you when your mother's there, her oh eyes God. get crazy. It's, it's a look of death in people's eyes. Her eyes get crazy. Your eyes start getting because you know I'm dying in front of my mother. You can't die in front of your mom, man. You lose about a billion cool points, right? right. So I had at this time. I had a good set, like I had like a 15 minute set, right? But the crazy part was they gave you 10 minutes. I said, I gotta start with my closer, bro. Right, come up, come out right. You coming out, come up, come up, get off. I had to come out the gate on fire and, and work backwards because I didn't have enough time to, you know, sort of jab, 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 then overhand right. I was just like, yo, overhand, right, uppercut, uppercut, overhand. Like, dude, I swung so hard out the gate that I got a standing ovation. It was funny because I was like the only person that did good that night. And I was like, thank God I didn't get booted from my mama because it was on TV. Right, right, right. But that it was crazy. Sometimes God comes down and puts the hand on you and saves you. You, you like, like, like I said, you've been doing this for so long, so many stages. The comedy business is different than any business in the world. What is the one thing in comedy, the business, that is absolutely not funny at all? The one thing that you just like, man, this, this part of the game is not funny. Well, uh, let me see. There's a lot of those, but I, I, I think... I think one of the parts of comedy that is not a game is it don't matter how much you got time in, it's about the timing. Not the time in, it's the timing. So like, you know, when I came out in the game, cats didn't really appreciate how fast I exploded on the spot, right? And it wasn't through no fault of my own. Who knew? I mean, I just came, I got hot. Um, I said the right jokes on the right Def Jam. I was on MTV and I got on, right? But then there was a guy named Chris Tucker who had no TV experience but was young and funny. Next thing you know, he was in a movie. And then mm -hmm. next thing you know, there's a guy like uh, Cat Williams that goes and mm -hmm. gets it and comes out. So it's not about people always think just because you a vet, and you've been doing it 25, 30 years, you're going to be on top. I know a lot of vets that's not on top, but they're still funny. You know, um, that part of it, I think, um, is kind of tough for cats because when you you figure if you put in 30 years into anything, you want to be at the top five of it or the top 20, if you can, at least. That ain't the way that it is. When, when nah. I'm performing, there are a few people that if I'm gonna do a show, I know that I gotta put my work in when I'm gonna perform with them. Perfect. W Fresh is one, and Buster Rhymes is two. So I know Thanks. that anybody else I'm not worried about. Anybody, like if they say, yo, go on after this person, I don't give a fuck who I go on after. If it's Dougie Fresh or Buster Rhymes, I know that I better start planning. Just like you said, I'm gonna come out the <laughs> gate, I'm gonna come out the gate fucking flying. Who yeah, is you the gotta comic, come out flying. Who's the comics that you know that if you go on a bill with them, you better bring the A game or else. Well, the first person I know that was like that every night was Bernie Mac. 
Bernie Mac put you in a body bag. Bernie Mac was um, probably one of the most explosive comedians coming out when I came out out of Chicago. I mean, I ain't never seen that like Bernie Mac. But Bernie Mac was pulling the wood out the ground like, 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 like. I mean, it was just crazy. Um, another explosive comedian. Uh, I would say, I say, Cat Cat on a good night when he really cooking. He's in, he's insane. Um, uh, rock, 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 rock and go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, uh, Chris, Chris Rock, like you said, Rock can kill. He can kill you easy. Yeah, you like rock, 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 rock is a pro. Like you know what I'm saying. Like rock is the type, a comedian that's proven, and he is respected like that. He's like a dude that you that you know can hoop. He could go for forty tonight, or he could go for twenty. It depends on how you feel it. You know what I mean? But those what about guys Robin the, Williams? What about Robin uh, Robin Williams? You ever you ever you ever been on with Robin Williams? That's a good one right there. Robin Williams would blow you out the water. Yeah, see, it, it, it depends on, like, for instance, I have followed some explosive comedians, but I'm an energy cat. So, like you said, if you go after Buster, you know Buster's an energy cat. So, you turn your energy up, you can match it. But a lot of cats can't follow energy cats because they bring so much laughter and physicality to the game. If you a smoother comic, you might you might die. Mm-hmm. Right. You see what I'm saying? What? So, so like, what? like when um Chris Tucker did his set on Death Comedy Jam, he bodied, he bodied the dude. He the only dude that got booed on Death Comedy Jam. Who? I can't think of his name. I would have to call my man Bossom to, to get it. But he was the only person that got booed during the taping, and it was because he followed a explosive seven minute set and he was a more low key comic and they booed him straight up out the Def Jam set. It was crazy. What, what about, you know, somebody asked and I, and I was thinking about that person too, Robin Harris. Did you ever get on with Robin Harris? No, I, I don't know if I wanted that smoke. I wasn't really. <laughs> he was, when Robin, Robin Harris was another one. He's like, hey, yo, Robin, Robin Harris was a problem and see, I didn't get a chance to meet Robin Harris because I was coming up in the game when Robin was blowing up and I was on the East Coast and he was on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So so when I finally made it to the West Coast, he had passed away, unfortunately. And um, I, he was one of the guys that I was chasing because I was like, yo, I got to be funny like that. Like, he was on my chart, for real. He's definitely on my chart. He, 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 so those are some of the guys that, that I look at. So what happens is you're a comic, you move to movies, and you move to TV. You're in yeah. one of, of course, you know, the, the player movie, all of that stuff, but there's no movie that you were in for me that means more to me than any given Sunday. That, 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 that movie, because I'm a football fan, so that is a, that is a, it's, oh. the, it's the best ever. And, and I always want to know. Yeah, any, any given was Sunday. That, was there really a fight between LL and Jamie Foxx? Was that, did that really actually happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told the story. Finally, told the the story on my on my IG live. You can go watch it. But I told it like two weeks ago because I had sat on that story for like twenty years, and I you know I forgot about it. But then I saw that you know Jamie talked about it, and then I saw that LL was on Drinking's um, a couple weeks ago, and he spoke mm-hmm. of it. So I was well, like, well, all right, well, well, I didn't hear it. So you got to tell me now. 
What happened? Because you were there. Oh, you were oh, on scene. Scoop, you're not going to make me tell that story again, man. Come on, I got to hear it. I, gotta, I, gotta, I have to hear it. And listen, I don't have time to go to your IG. I'm going here right now with you, sir. Give me something. It, no, it, I'm going to give you the abbreviated version of it because it, it takes me a while to tell the whole story. But the reality of the matter is, you know, it all started from joking around. You know, we on the set kicking it, everybody laughing and teasing each other. And we, you know, we we do the, we do a foot race. That was one thing that people were joking about. Then we talk about talking ball and then we start talking about, you know, being a real athlete and jokes is flying. You got two comedians and one rapper. And, you know, it's really hard for rappers and comedians to you know because me and jamie are fast on our feet with these jokes and you know you know todd was throwing his joints around too but you know every once in a while there's a joke that go too far <laughs> and you know the joke was between jamie and, and and todd and so it got a little edgy and then i was like well let's just chill out because you know you know when it's too much you know you're kind of like all right well you know my man ain't really feeling it. Right. <laughs> so, but that tension stayed in the air for the movie, that tension. But the odd, the odd thing about that tension was that that, that tension was really valid for the film. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, really it, worked. it worked for it. It worked for it. It really worked because that was the, that was the sort of energy of the, of the, uh, the players' attitudes towards each other. There was a lot of alpha male stuff going on. But then, you know, there was a, a part in the movie where we're supposed to be in this huge fight, like argument fight, not physical. And we right. coming off the field. When you watch the movie, you'll see it's me, Jamie, and LL coming off the field. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> the funny part was it was just supposed to be like this with your hands and talking. But Todd had um, just basically ear holder. You know, I don't know if you play football, but, you know, you just hit the side of the helmet. Yeah, but uh-huh. you, yeah but it makes your head ring. <laughs> so Jamie was like, whoa, you know, his, his whole head was like spinning. And uh, that was on the first take. And then uh, we didn't know. We thought it was maybe a mistake. Right. <laughs> it wasn't no fucking mistake. No, no, by the second one. Boo! I was like, no, you know what? These are consistent. These is right. in the right area. So the next thing you know, um, it just got real physical. And then... Um, it got crazy because back then, if we would have had social media, it would have been like the most viral. It would have been the most viral situation because you never hear about stuff like that happening on the movie sets, right? And this really, really happened. And so um, the crazy part was that we stopped production. Mm-hmm. And when production but, 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 did he Did he legitimately knock him out, like, flat out? like Flat out. Yep, that's a... That's pretty good. You know, when you... Okay, when so wait, you, hold on, hold on. Bill, Bill, mm-hmm. Jamie wakes up. You're standing there. Yeah. What is said? What, what happens? What we, what, what we were trying to be honest with you, it wasn't about what was said. It was about what we're going to do because, honestly, the way he got hit was so crazy that when he fell, he hit his head on, like, this thing. It was like this big light fixture situation. And then that was the part that was like scary because he was that might have knocked him out actually. Because right. he went bam. And so we were all like trying to make sure Jamie was okay. You know, Todd was fine. We everybody moved him out the way, but Jamie was twisted for a second. And uh, <clears throat> and we was like trying to make sure he didn't have a concussion, he had to go to the hospital. It was crazy. I mean, it literally was crazy. Okay, but, but how do we how do we move forward after this? 
I, did he get did he get up and take an excedrin and walk it off, or was there real like how do people nah, talk? They had to go to well that that if you watch the story on IG on my IG live, I mean on my IG TV, I told you what happened was there was a huge stop of work where nobody knew what we was gonna do because the tension was on a high level. Jamie had to get stitches in his tongue. It was crazy. So the person who broke it the piece was Jim Brown. Jim Brown was the one who came in and made everybody sit down and talk and figure out, you know, get past it. And then we were able to go and make the movie. So they were shooting all the other scenes that didn't involve all of us being together because they didn't want to, it to get back to where it was again. And it was really awkward on set because we had, before that, we had all this great chemistry and, you know, we was really excited about, you know, making this movie and then it just got kind of crazy. But then it came back, so it was, thank God. Right, so, so Bill, y'all were filming like the parts where somebody's shoe would walk past the camera. Or, or or somebody's head would go past like you had to shoot all of like the loose stuff and, and just the, the the story stuff had to kind of go away. Yeah, but see the part that was was really tough was because we have the we were the three young stars of the team. Mm-hmm. So a lot of scenes encompassed us. It either encompassed Jamie or me or or LL, you know, so it was really awkward to kind of piecemeal it where you know, we all of us was always on the field together because I was the receiver, Jamie was the QB, and um, LL was the fullback, right? Or the or the running back, you know. Or the running back, yeah, he was the running back. Was was right. that the best film you've ever done in terms of fun? Did you, is that the most enjoyable film you've ever been in? Yeah, I think that's one of the, what were you we're talking about live action where you had to really do like when you saw me in that movie, I was really catching those passes, I was really running those routes. I wasn't getting hit because I had a stunt double for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, but, but so you never, you never got hit, you never got knocked down, anything. Oh, did, I got did LL do his? Did LL do his? Did LL yeah, do his? We all got hit? hit. We all got hit, even though we didn't think we were going to get hit. But once they go live, man, it's just what it is, you know. Um, uh, LL had a, a shoulder injury. I had a high ankle sprain. I got knocked off my feet on a crossing route. I mean, it was a lot of times I got hit, but it wasn't, it, it's funny, when you're in the moment and you're going full speed, it, it looked worse than it is, but when you see it on camera, you know, it looked like you should have been dead. That's how it happened. Mm-hmm. So so that that was an enjoyable experience. Would yeah, you do it, it again? was the best, best shape. It was the best shape I was in my life. Like, I, I ran hundreds every day. I worked out every single day, sometimes twice a day. I mean, the strongest, fastest, most athletic time of my life was doing that movie. I promise you. I never, I never had no, I never had, I never been around football players. Every single day, you got Terrell Owens, you got Antonio Freeman, you got Jacquez Green, you got Deion Sanders, you got all these different cats on your ass teaching you stuff about. Wait, 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 stop. Hold on, let me see your face. Back up. You, Deion Sanders, was teaching you. Yeah, man, Deion Sanders was um was 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 helping me a lot, man. Deion helped me. Um, T.O. Antonio Freeman, they all taught me certain tricks to the trade to be able to one run routes a certain way, how to get your hips down, get your hips lower, how to come out your brakes a certain way, how to be deceptive with your foot, footwork. 
see, I'm a basketball player. I never played football like that. So I had to learn. <laughs> I had to learn the um, the essence and the technicalities of running, of running routes. Because receivers, when they watch the movie, you gotta look real. They'll be like, "Yo, we don't do that." <laughs> right, right, right. So you learned, you learned everything. You are a basketball player. It, was that in Newark? Yeah, I played in Jersey. You know what I'm saying. And I never, I was too, I was too skinny to play real football. I would have got blown up. But uh, the uh, the thing was, was that I didn't realize, like guys like your size, big guys could they fast. <laughs> Remember when we was little, we thought the fat kid or the heavy kid was slow. These guys are fast. What? Six five running the four four. But, 302, running a 4-6. Like, these cats can move, man. They're agile. They're athletic. Then they go, they can hoop. Man, these dudes was, man, they were freaks of nature, bro. Everybody was fast. Everybody was fast. It was crazy. So ima imagine what it's like to get hit by somebody that fast. Like, it, 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 no, it's, no, it's, no, it's, no. it's killing you. You play, yeah, you play it's like basketball. So. You played basketball. I didn't know, I, and maybe this might this might not be the truth, but because I, I was looking at just researching so much before I did the interview. You related to Shaq? Yeah. <laughs> How did get by you? Everybody know that. I, you know, bro, I never knew you were, were, were related to Shaq. Now, now, wait a moment. Is that like my uncle's sister's cousin, third cousin, brother's uncle's father, or is that like you know? I know your no. It's on. It's 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 on. It's you know it's on my mom's side of the family and his mom's side of the family, so we you know that it's literally as legit as it can get. But we uh, it's funny how people go in and out of it, right? Because so this is the crazy shit. Because you know we both represent Jersey, right? So when I was coming up and Shaq was coming in the league, it was like the Brick City boys turned up, like we got we put our city on the back, you know what I mean? And then I'm doing commercials with Shaq. Uh, I'm, he's in Orlando. We're doing all this crazy stuff. And it was, you know, it was kind of known at that time. And then when he retired, it almost seemed like people forgot. Like, you're going to stop being somebody's cousin because they're not in the league. And then <laughs> when I'm, you know, it, it just keeps, it's so funny. It's like people trip off of Vince Carter and, um, and uh, 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 Tracy McGrady. Right, right, right. Yeah, they're, they're cousins, right? Yeah, it happened. Well, you know, you know I'm what just it is? not big. I'm just not big as him. Right. So I was, that's what I'm looking like. I'm looking like Shaq and Bill Bell. But but it's two different worlds. It's two different situations. Do you guys still talk? Do you still hang out? What's the family reunion like with the two of you guys in the same place? Well, it was actually really good when he was here in L.A. Um, it was really good. You know, I, I, I see him a lot. I mean, and the kids as well, you know, everybody would get together and try to keep everything going. But now Shaq's in Atlanta and, you know, I'm still in LA. So I, I, I got to catch up with him when I get back out there. I'll be out there in March though. I'll go, go catch up. But you know, the kids are, you know, all over, like all the kids that grew up now, everybody's in high school. My kids are 14 and 17. So, you know, we only got a few more days with these kids going to be gone. Listen, I'm, I'm at the place where mine is 19 and 24. I got two or three more years with my daughter, and then I'll be able to walk around my house naked. I'll be able to play pornos <laughs> and stereo. 
things that, that I really want to do, sir. Yeah, and you and you deserve it. <laughs> yes, we all do. We all deserve it, man. So, yes. last question. Last question I want to ask you. One of the things that I saw that you did recently that I really loved was the Madam C.J. Walker movie on Netflix. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was dope, and, man. That was a that was fun, man. Self Made was really a passion project. Um, I always loved Madam C.J. Walker. I I learned about her story in African American Studies at Rutgers University, and I I was always amazed at how a woman could do all that in the early 1900s when women wasn't voting. I mean, black back black people back then was all we was doing was cleaning houses, and maybe if you was in a free state, you could work and maybe have a little bit of land. And, but she was like almost outside the box with it. She's like, nah, I'm gonna be an owner, and I'm gonna create my own products in my own land. And that's what I thought was dope. And then when the project came up, I said, yo, man, I gotta be a Madam C.J. Walker. And honestly, I really it was for my kids. Because I was like, my kids need to see, you know, black people doing amazing things. Black black excellence started back in the day, and we had to have vision to create something. And I wanted to inspire my children that, you know, anything is possible. Your imagination has no ceilings, you know? For me, for me, when I looked at it, because I looked at it uh, during the quarantine and... I wound up getting hooked. I was on episode two. And I said, what the right. How the fuck is this gonna turn out? This is this is crazy. And then you came in and you played, and I'm, I'm not gonna tell you what he did, what his role was, but he he played a shade tree, a Negro in, in the early 1900s. A very shade tree. I, I, right. No, no, let me even take that back. He played a very untrustworthy uh, 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 Negro, uh, uh, criminal elements, in, in, in this particular movie, did you did you pick that or did or or, 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 or did cash? Say it again. Again. Did you pick it or did they cast you for it? Did you pick that role or did they cast? No, you they, they no, nah, they cast me for that role. And what it was is that they wanted somebody that was like a hustler, you know. And um, back in the day, they wanted a guy that was sort of like the opposite side of Madam C.J. Walker. So if she was on the good side of the tracks, they needed an opposite, polar opposite. And that was a Sweetness. So Sweetness was a dude that hustled. You know, he, he ran the numbers. He ran the women on, a, on, a, on the other side of town, on the bad side of town. But he wanted to get his name cleaned up and attach himself to Madam C.J. Walker. So that was the thing that I was attracted to because I was like, everybody knows somebody that want to come up. And, you know, and they underestimate sweetness because, you know, he hustling all the time. He running numbers, coming to the shop, writing it down, cut a few cats with a switchblade. You know the dude. So I said, I said, I know who that dude is. I, I, I'm going to bring him to life. So when I went in, I had a certain sort of swag about about what I wanted him to feel and look like. I, I, I went into uh, the producer's meeting dressed, already dressed like him. Now you were so yo, bro, I, you were <laughs> you were clean, you were clean and swagged out. And I'm gonna tell you the one thing I want to say before I get out of here, I want to know what you're doing right now, because everybody's asking what you're doing right now. 
people back then used to dress. It ain't like us now. Niggas come outside with compression suit, compression shirt on, anything. Niggas come out with anything. Like if I was doing this, if I was doing this Instagram live in 1913, I would have on a suit. Yes, period. And and that's what I thought was so dope about Madam CJ Walker. Like, watch self-made, just watch the costume design. Man, everything that I had on was custom made. You know, my neckline, the, the distance between my 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 collarbone and my ear. I mean, it was the ascots, it was the cufflinks, it was um the shoes. I mean, this this stuff was literally done the way we used to dress. And women dressed up to go everywhere. Everywhere. And it was very stylish, actually. I li- I liked it. Where, where, where do you think we lost? Where, where did we go wrong? Where did we go? Where did we go to from ascots and ties to to tattoos on your face? Where, where, where uh, that, yeah, no, that's that's the, yeah, you know, that's the culture. You know, there's always going to be a different generation swag swing on it. You know what I'm saying? When we was coming up, we was wearing like when I was coming up, we was wearing all the cross colors. We was wearing big clothes. If you was, I was skinny as hell, and I was wearing two or three X shirt oh, tees, and I was, it was like a dress, damn near. But then when I was doing my stand up, I would dress up because I always wanted to look like a star. Like I always wanted people to perceive me as a star already, so I had to dress as such. So that might have been one of the things that helped uh, me blow up as well was because I was prepared for the opportunity. Did you? When you dressed up, because I can't remember, I, I got to go back and look at the stuff. Of course, I was there. I lived it. I watched it, everything. Did you wear the, the big NBA suits, or were you wearing Italian cut? I was wearing more Italian cut. Um, back in the, when I first came out, there was this real fly shop this African dude used to have in Jersey City. And he used to get me these suits. And what he would do, he said, my brother, you will have to take this on the side here. And then here, right here, you know, and this is going to give you the line. You're going to have the line. You want the line. So you have to look right this, and you're going to, it's going to be perfect on TV. Or perfect on TV. But he hooked you up. That man, yeah, so you can understand a... about 6% of what he said, but, you, but he hooked you up. Right, right. But he would give me the little tuck on the waistline and then in the back. So my suits always looked a certain way because I'm I was always a slim dude, but it made it look more contoured, right? And all that stuff playing into it. I can't I can't take credit for that. He said, man, just make sure you big me up, man, when you get out there, bro. Yeah, but big me up, man. Big me up. Where, where, where's the man now? Where the fuck is the man now? Where, where I don't know what happened to that store, man. It was right in Journal Square. And I used to go there and buy my suits all the time. He would always hook up the suit and the tie. All I had to do was find the suit and he'd go lay a couple of ties on that joint. This one for nighttime. This one for daytime. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. You couldn't understand what the fuck the man said, but he'll make you look clean. Finally, right, tell us what you're yeah. working on, sir. Tell us what uh, you're working on. So I got, I got a lot of things going on. I got the one, I have the Bill Bellamy Network where I have my own podcast called The Bill Bellamy Show. Um, it, you, it's subscriber based. You guys come over and check it out. We're interviewing everybody, much like yourself. Um, I just finished a new film called The Rich Christmas. It'll be That's out okay. next. It'll be out next uh, Christmas with Denise Boutte, Vanessa Williams, 
this up and coming beautiful actress named Tyler Abron. She plays my daughter and um, she was fantastic. It's the first time I've ever been a dad in any of my movies. So that was pretty smooth. I got a I saw, I saw it on the stories. I saw it on your Instagram stories. Yeah, yeah. I got a uh, comedy special to shoot as well. So, you know, I seen, you know, you know, Kev's dropped his. You seen Dion Cole drop his. I seen Dave drop. All right. It's time for the OG to come get him. <laughs> you, 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 you better, you, exactly. You better go do what you got to do, bro. And I'm bringing, I'm giving them, I'm giving them all that smoke. Everybody get the smoke when it comes. When I drop this next hour, I promise you. On where, where, everything, where, where you dropping it? Where you dropping it? I'm, it's going to be ready by the summertime. I promise you. This 2021, when the new Bill Bellamy one hour drop, that's all I got to say. The streets know. The streets The streets know. I'll be waiting. <laughs> you, all, you always did it throughout the hot 97 days. We followed you. Some of the clubs we were in with you, we, I definitely know what you do because I saw it with my own fucking eyes. I want to thank you for coming through. <laughs> I, and, I, and I definitely want to check you and start and you and start. I'll talk to you about that later. Thank you for coming through, brother. Hey, man, I love you, bro. Happy holidays. I love what you're doing, man. I love how you keep the culture so rich and honest, man. And uh, and I just only want the best for you. When you call me, I say, yo, I got to do it for Scoop. You my dude, bro. Make Noise with Fat Man Scoop is produced by myself alongside Raj Kachetcha and the team at creativecontentagency.com. Please support this podcast by leaving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I love that. And by following this podcast on Spotify and sharing links to episodes you enjoy with your friends. Do it. You can also email the show via podcast at fatmanscoop.com. I answer that. Or you can DM me at Fat Man Scoop. Yes, I answer DMs.